You're listening to the Revival League Podcast, brought to you by the Dino Hotel. Hey, the legal eagles over at Shout Factory want me to point out that this podcast does not represent Alterniversal, Shout Factory, or the Kickstarter campaign in any official capacity. It is made by fans, for fans, and anyone else who loves the show. Plus, we smell nice and we brush our teeth. Thank you. And uh, welcome to the Revival League podcast. Uh, we are coming to you from the Roof Lizard Lounge high atop the Dino Hotel in beautiful Lakewood, Colorado, just 10 minutes away from Red Rocks Amphitheater and the Rocky Mountains, which are also beautiful. Uh, and uh, this is our commercial spectacular. Yeah, our commercial spoof retro spectacular. Yes. We paid a lot of money for that trademark. So <laughs> where better we, use uh, it. Using it. Uh, where uh, we give you content you've already listened to. Yes. Uh, this is our clip show. <laughs> it's basically a clip show. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Frakes is uh, lying unconscious in sick bay, uh, and uh, we're just going to play a lot of clips. Yeah. Uh, uh, James and Ron get that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but before we do that, uh, let's pay the bills and uh, listen to that sweet, sweet Kevin Murphy jingle. Dina, say roll the tape. Roll the tape. The next time you travel to Denver, make your journey into one that you'll remember. Don't just sit around and wish when you can have an expedition at the Dino Hotel. Stretch, snarl, growl. Thank you, Kevin Murphy. Even that was too enthusiastic. (laughs) What's your problem with enthusiasm? Why do you hate people who enjoy life? Problems with it. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't think there was anybody grimmer than me. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Rob's colors are coming out. Yeah, and they're just dead black and white. Yep. (laughs) Aw, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's NWO for life. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So always uh, to the wrestler. The point of this. Thing <laughs> is, uh, this retro spectacular. Well, it's a bit. You're right. It's a clip show. <laughs> a clip uh, show. But basically, uh, you know, uh, every time we do a, a radio play, or most of the time, uh, the typically time. we include the spoof commercials as sort yeah. of uh, spoof commercial breaks. Yeah. Um, and uh, we just sort of wanted to catalog and 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 put them into their own little spotlight because usually they're sort of the appetizer. Yeah. Um, so instead, we want kind of wanted to bring them to the forefront. So and they're also, uh, you know, because the plays are very much a product of greg me you and erica uh they're you know i mean there's there's a generally a very singular vision with the plays and the commercials are opened up to a ton of different people a ton of different people write and act in these mm-hmm. commercials and mm-hmm. we've been bringing in new people yep. yeah yeah we're always uh, uh opening our doors to uh, so, new contributors yeah yes. so you know i mean uh, we've got you know Ron McAdams, James Rowling. You know, uh, I think Ian's written a few. Ben's written Ian a few. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dina's written a couple. Yep. Uh, Kevin Smith. 
Kevin and, Smith. Uh, not, uh, not the famous one, not but the, the other Kevin one. Smith. Erica <laughs> actually started out writing commercials mm-hmm. for War of the Worlds and then, uh, then uh, co-wrote Eddie Poe uh, later on. So yeah. uh, it's just a way for uh, the Revival League regulars to exercise their creative muscles and uh, some of these things are hysterical and yes. we just wanted to put them all in one place yeah. to sort of highlight all the crazy talent from all of these uh, Revival League folks. Yeah, especially those earlier shows. So many of those commercials are like just Ron McAdams yeah. alone <laughs> in his basement talking to himself. Well, I mean, that that series needs to be exposed for posterity. The, uh, like War of the Worlds, I think that was our first year. That was the very first one. That and, was our very uh, first play. Uh, well, it wasn't the first year. It was the second year of the podcast, I think, because uh, we s- we were going to do it. It was Halloween first year, 2017. We didn't. Yeah, we we didn't get around to doing it. In tw- Halloween 2016 we had had the idea uh and then 2017 we we did it and it was just going to be a one off I can't off. believe you've sat on an idea for a year I couldn't even imagine it <laughs> Well it was it was simply that we we ran out of time for Halloween 2017 and or 2016 and then we're like we've got to do this for 2017 so yeah we we sat on it for a year. I'm I mean, we surprised. had. I think we had it written months before it dropped. But we yeah. never would now. <laughs> um, no, no. Well, that's because we plan something and then it's out a month later. Yeah. yeah, we're trying to sit on that one idea till Christmas, but watch, it's going to end up being like a Labor Day special. But see, the, that's the July. thing. It was going to be a one-off. The, the you know the Halloween radio play was just going to be. Oh, we'll just you know this will be fun. We'll yeah, and you might as well talk spoof. about War of the Worlds here. We're talking no, about the first show, which is War of yeah. the Worlds. Great segue. And it was uh it was written by uh, Ryan and Greg. Yep. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, Greg had the idea. He's like, hey, would it be funny to do a spoof War of the Worlds show? And uh, I'm like, yeah. And it just, the idea, it just, it was one of those things where it was like, I know exactly how this needs to go, you know? So Greg and I got together and wrote it in, I don't know, a week, <laughs> something like that. And it shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it, it's actually relatively brief. So it's, yeah. it's only an hour, which is, I think, the, the shortest, shortest of our. <laughs> oh, or Eddie Poe is very close. Eddie Poe's right about an Eddie Poe's a well. little longer than War of the Worlds, believe it or not. Mm, but uh, uh, who starred in who starred in War of uh, the Worlds? Well, uh, you have the information in front of you, yeah. Tina. Well, Why know, are you asking I, me? I'm at, well, for, the, for the listeners. <laughs> I was actually yeah. asking Ryan. Uh, yeah, Greg and Kate were the stars. They played the two radio announcers who sort of tied everything together. Uh, and we also had uh, Zach Thompson uh, from uh, Mystery Science Theater, of mm. course. One of the boneheads. One yep. of the boneheads. Uh, and, and wrestling uh, fan. Um we also uh, it also featured Rebecca Heron, who uh, is uh, one of Greg's uh, acting friends. Uh, Greg has he knows a bunch of professional actors down in like the Austin Houston area. Greg has friends, and uh, uh, <laughs> so Rebecca Heron uh, showed up for this, and she was the first of a number of uh, great Texas actors who who have just done this because they thought it'd be fun. You know, yeah. just contributed their time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was set in 1939, October 31st, 1939. Uh, a wet and balmy fall. Yeah, gave us some good running gags like Clobber McGee and Irish Dave. <laughs> and uh, uh, so all the, the the commercials are not sort of 1930s style, you know, riffing on the Great Depression because nothing's funnier than chronic unemployment. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I know Ron did a people great... starving. Ron did a great commercial there with, like, uh, you can't get credit anywhere. Like, if you can't get credit here, you can't get credit anywhere. No, I mean it. You Seriously, can't get nobody credit. has any credit. Nobody has any credit. <laughs> but, uh, and uh, this one... What's a bank? 
This one actually features a couple of my favorites, uh, Burr the Musical. Yes. Burr the Musical is a, a great tribute to Hamilton. Hamilton. And and we should probably revisit and, uh, it and actually give it some music yeah. sometime. And, uh, and uh, Erica's H.G. Baby Whiskey. I love H.G. Baby Whiskey. Which was just, that's a shining moment among our commercials. <laughs> it's uh, just a fun thing to Erica say. Erica just had this, and it was like, it sort of works because it wasn't far off from what they were giving exactly. babies to shut them up not long before this. Yeah. You know. And they came out all right. <laughs> Greatest generation, remember? <laughs> So uh, I think we should just uh, yeah, and uh, and it was also the the first appearance of like Baxter Butterworth, which yeah. is kind of an, a recurring character, especially in those early plays that yeah. of Ron just doing a sort of heavy set man's <laughs> voice. Yeah, the Baxter Butterworth thing is is fun because you know all of our plays take place in different eras, so these are all basically just guys from the same family, like yeah. you know. <laughs> Um, and we, we did something a little similar with uh, Prune Pongle later. Yeah, he comes um, up later. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, let's roll the tape in yeah. and, and listen to these were the Revival League's uh, sort of top four choices uh, from War of the Worlds. Dina, say roll the tape. Roll the tape. Is your little angel keeping you up at night or away from all the things you love? Have you been alienated from your friends? Is your hubby giving his secretary those lonesome eyes? Well, worry no more. Introducing HG Baby Whiskey. Now you can enjoy all of life's pleasures while your delicate little flower sleeps the night away. That's right, Baby Whiskey. Now your little one can have the bold taste of Tennessee. Take him to dreamland. Your baby will love it. It's also safe for the elderly. No more embarrassing moments at the dinner table, involving conversations about every race and creed Grandpa hates. Just slip two shots into dear old Grandpa's prune juice, and H.G. Whiskey will give him that good old Tennessee knockout. H.G. Baby Whiskey. Nine out of ten babies would prefer it, if they were conscious enough to tell you so. Hi, I'm Samuel Goldsmith, and I'm inviting you and your family to see my new Broadway production, Burr. That's right, our third vice president gives that Puerto Rican upstart his comeuppance three times a night, twice on Sundays. Two for Tuesdays mean that you can take your honey and save a little money. So if you're tired of waiting on tickets for that other show that probably won't be written for another 70 or 80 years, I encourage you to give Burr a try. Hello again, my friends. It's Reverend Jerry Thomas, and I'm here with another message of salvation. Do your children spend hours with that corded contraption called the yo-yo? If so, then confiscate that device. While children should be serving the hearth and home, they spend hours playing with these toys that put their souls at risk. Remember, every time the yo-yo hits the floor, it's one step closer to Satan's door. You can read more about this in my book, Saving America Today, A Guide to Salvation for America's Youth. This has been Reverend Jerry Thomas. Also look for Reverend Jerry's Prayer Blister Cream. When you pray this hard, God notices. All right, that was great. Uh... (laughs) Those were uh, some really good choices. Yeah. I, I I love uh, Reverend Jerry Thomas's yo yes. sermon, <laughs> and and he comes up later in in one of the other plays. I think yeah, uh, in, I in this so, year's yeah. Christmas play. So that's like one of the longest callbacks. Yeah, from the first one to <laughs> at least at also, this point the last. Also, one. one of the only things where it actually uh, it actually sort of makes sense that he could be a, 
still around. You know, yeah. a recurring character who's actually right around the same era because mm-hmm. the the Christmas play is like nineteen forty six, and this yeah. is thirty nine. So it's like yeah. okay. Uh, yeah, well, um, War of the Worlds before we move on was also. Uh, where we sort of introduced the shared universe that all these plays exist in. Yeah, the, uh, the Revival League U, the <laughs> RLU. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, because it, it's it, it is a specific radio station that's doing this, and that yes. radio station is either specifically performing a play or pops up on a radio or something mm-hmm. uh, in all of it's our... some cockamamie idea Greg has, yeah. I don't know. IBS. Yeah, I, I like the idea of the shared universe, actually. But, uh, yeah, the IBS, the... Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, what does IBS stand I for? I can't remember now. Broadcasting. I, mean, I know what it stands for. And I, no. bl- I think it's uh, International Broadcasting System. System. Yeah, it's something yes. very normal. Yeah. but uh, I only ever remember the bunny version. <laughs> Intergalactic bunny but, you know, syndicate. I mean, because, you know, I mean, that was Greg's like, we need to change, because I originally wrote this as a CBS radio play because that's what War of the Worlds was. Mm-hmm. But he pointed out, you know, they're still operating. They might get a little upset about this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, CBS is still a very real going concern. Yeah. So we changed it. Uh, and then it's just every other play is either, I think, I mean, I know Blob, they're just sort of listening on the radio to an IBS. No, it's a movie. Oh, okay. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's like an Elvira hosted movie. Late night movie. Yeah. yeah. So all of the, you know, that it's was... the midnight movie. You know, hosted by our, Jackie Naaman Jones. That was, it's our uh, our sort of in-universe thing mm-hmm. now. Yeah, yeah. We, we do try to keep some sort of broadcasting wrapper yeah, around, around it, it if yeah. we can. We've gotten lazier lately, and I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's one of those things where it's like, it doesn't necessarily have to be a play being broadcast by IBS, but it's just that, that station that that broadcasting system exists within this world somewhere you know so the next show was a the christmas show that we did for uh christmas 2017 and this is actually the first show i came in i had only listened to war of the world so this is the first show i came in and i uh, I had basically come i think to turkey day to hang out and they were just recording spoof commercials and they were like hey do you want to come up and record some stuff and and uh, and I was like, ever we just came up into the yeah. studio and started I was like, making. Why are we inviting this guy into the? Yeah, and then it turned out he was actually talented. Yeah, that's <laughs> not true. But I I listen to a lot of talented people. <laughs> so you actually ended up writing a bunch of commercials on this. Yes. Just a bunch of commercials. Uh, it was sort of hard to pick. Uh, yeah, uh, I know one of the first ones I did was the stiff boned corsets. That was the one that I'm like, this guy needs to write commercials for every play. <laughs> that was the first <laughs> one. It was the the hardest, the stiffest bonings. Um, and then I know I did uh, bicycles with the big wheel on the front. Yeah, <laughs> shop, uh, which was very popular. Yes. Um, and uh, uh, and uh, you, I remember being in the room when you thought of the Phineas prune pongle yeah uh being just sort of this recurring character and i think that's the first time there's a repeated commercial that's done three times so yeah. that's yes. the first triplet commercial that's coupled and repeated is, yeah is or just sort of you know, yeah the building joke the three beat joke yeah. uh and phineas uh, i looking back i wish that i had changed his name because i did not realize that there is a Phineas T. Prune in, in a mystery uh, the, science theater. Yeah, the, the <laughs> christmas that almost wasn't i just it that did, was it, accidentally it didn't even occur to me because i was like uh, you know, I went with Phineas because of the, the P. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just just because it was, I mean, it's not really alliterative because it's an F sound, yeah. but it's it's visually and alliterative. And he's basically he's a he's like a, a sham doctor. Yeah, he's, he's a snake oil. He's guy. a quack. Yeah. and that's yeah. a recurring theme. We frequently have snake oil. Yeah, we do. We do. Show. 
Um, in fact, I think in one uh, show we actually had Dina specifically selling actual snake, snake oil. oil. Yeah, yeah, yes. hogwash. She was selling yeah. genuine hogwash. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a great one. Um, <laughs> but that's a couple uh, of and shows in this one, very similar. Dina had a commercial uh, uh, that she had. She basically said what a, she gave us this idea called gaslighting lamplighters. Yeah. and I think uh, she and Ron and me yes. sat down to write it and yep. record it. Uh, and I, I don't even know if we even got the concept of gaslighting yeah. right. But, no, you did. But, yeah, but it so. was. But it's a ludicrous commercial, <laughs> yeah. and, it's, and it's very funny. And then uh, one of the other favorite ones uh, that we did was the Magwitch Polytechnic. That is College. one of my favorites ever. It's a long one, but and, it is hysterical. And, and we just started writing down every fake profession we could. Like then. Victorian yeah. profession. Yeah, horse murderer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Town shrieker. <laughs> uh, 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 dungeon lunatic. Yeah. Uh, Huber scruff, which was uh, the first uh, mention of Huber scruff, which yeah. has kind of been a recurring fake yes. profession we try to slide mm-hmm. in. There is no such thing as Huber scruff, so we've let that out of the bag now. But uh, oh, no. Soylent Scrooge, uh, the, the, the play itself is, you know, obviously it's a Christmas carol, only it's sort of mixed with Soylent Green. Scrooge's mm-hmm. business is uh, pulping and canning the poor in order yes. to provide food, and that was my first part. I think I was I was uh, <laughs> Oliver me. Twist who, yes. who got murdered. I yes. only had a line or two, but then I get murdered and uh, pulped and canned and, and, and sold and as food. Um, and uh, that was written uh, by uh, Greg and I uh, from the original idea by Greg. Starred Troy Schultz as uh, Scrooge. He's another one of uh, he was that really good. Texas stable of. Uh, uh, great, great actors. Uh, also had Rebecca Heron back. Uh, Zach Thompson played uh, one of the ghosts. I believe he was Christmas Future. And uh, Jamie Flowers Ashley, who has become a real regular. This was her first appearance. She's excellent. Um, and Zoe played also uh, played Scrooge's ex-girlfriend. And uh, did a, yeah, a yeah. wonderful job. Um, and, and then... Um and I believe it had Ron McAdams. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> Every play's got Ron McAdams. <laughs> Why are you not saying it? Ron McAdams Ron played... Ron McAdams! Thank you. He played Jacob Marley. Uh, oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. And, the party uh, was uh, born to play. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was actually fun trying to figure out how to make him sound like a ghost in in like audi- uh, Audible and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, just the uh, electronic layering to make his... One of my favorites, and I didn't know it, that it was Natalie... Uh, and and yes. I, I don't believe we featured it here, but uh, go back and listen to it. And so Sex with the Mermaid, yes. which is one of the <laughs> like credit, post-credit, extra bonus things that happens at the end. Well, she, she sings it in within the, we do the whole song at the end, but yeah. she does mm-hmm. sing it within the play too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Natalie is playing uh, just a, a horrendous like like piano player, like at a bar. Yeah. And every song she sings is awful more and more <laughs> disgusting than yes. last but absolutely my favorite i was walking around singing sex with him for <laughs> a little bit after i ended up listening to that um so definitely go check that out and this here are uh some of our favorites uh here from soylent scrooge so uh dina if you want to say roll the tape uh and i think this is our top it's six several. yeah yeah from soylent scrooge roll the tape Hey, are, are you looking for those bicycles that have b- big wheels on the front? Perfect. Come on down to Penny Farthing's Emporium of Bicycles with the Big Wheel on the Front shop. We have a wide variety of bicycles in stock, and they all have wheels, all shapes and all sizes of wheels, from massive to enormous to merely huge and everything in between. So c- come on down to Penny Farthing's Emporium of Bicycles with the big wheel in the front shop and b- buy one of them today. Hello there, I'm Lewis Carroll. 
You may remember me as the author of the best-selling book, Alice in Wonderland, or my blatant cash grab through the looking glass. I'm here today to dispel a vicious rumor. I am not Jack the Ripper. My killing style is nothing like the Ripper's. In fact, my killing style has a certain timeless quality that families will enjoy for generations to come. So please, stop dragging my good name through the mud by conflating my high art with that of a mere amateur. Also, be on the lookout for my new book, On the Chopping Block. I'm not the Ripper, but if I was, this is how I would have done it. Available at opium dens and quality bookstores on the high street. Good evening, my friends. Hold on to your top hats. Phineas T. Prunepongle here again with the latest discovery for health for living. Madame Curie's fabulous glowing rock is a torch to light the way to happiness, health, and vigor. How, you may ask? Why, Phineas T. Prunepongle's radium and mercury enemas, of course. I, Phineas T. Prunepongle, We'll gladly come to your residence at any time of day or night, preferably night, to personally administer this curative procedure. Ah! My high-pressure hoses and pistons will make short work of any unhealthful humors lurking in your body. After this warm and cleansing gastrointestinal purification, you shall feel a new man, positively glowing and humming with good health. <laughs> now. Some have questioned the medicinal efficacy of my enemas. Nonsense, I say. I've been self-administering them for years, and I've never been happier. <laughs> Not only that, but I'm flushed with success. Phineas T. Prunepongle's radium and mercury enemas. When your mercury levels are in doubt, my high-pressure hoses We'll clean you up. <laughs> Dugans has been the most trusted name in supportive undergarments in London for over 80 years. Dugans guarantees a corset so tight and restrictive, it will crush your plump, undesirable girth into a pleasing shape that will have you seeing spots and looking your best. The secret to Dugan's success is in the quality craftsmanship, because Dugan's uses only genuine whalebone in its boning. You may have had some bad experiences in the past with soft bonings you could barely feel from the other guy's corsets, but Dugan's promises to deliver a stiff boning you'll be feeling all day long. That's why our motto is, your ribs will crack or your money back. So remember, for a boning so hard your grandmother will feel it, your corsets have got to be Dugan's. Damn it, Catherine! It's darker than a well digger's ass in here! Where are the bleeding candles? I just bought candles at the market this morning, dear. You haven't bought candles in a bloody fortnight, you batty shite! Has this happened to you? Of course it did. It happened to you just last Tuesday, don't you remember? Sarah's son Paul stopped by to pick up that sweaty he lent him, and he asked if you were with child. But of course you are, you're carrying twins. And what are you gonna do, live in a pitch-dark house with two mewling infants and no blooming candles? Gaslighting lamplighters. You won't believe it, but you should, because I was there. Right, here at Stately Magwitch Polytechnic College, we are preparing our students to enter into the workforce of tomorrow. All students of Magwitch Polytechnic College receive advanced training in the most cutting-edge careers to ensure you stay at the forefront of your field. We offer state-of-the-art courses to ready you for a future as a bootblack, 
Spitjack, Lamplighter, Pinsetter, Scrivener, Broom Squire, Knocker Up, Gadabout, Artful Dodger, Cobblestone Layer, Seal Clubber, Grease Maiden, Comptroller for the Louse Census, Mudlark, Sword Swallower, Witch Kindler, Donkey Puncher, Scrimshaw Stenographer, Tallow Merchant, Haberdashery Mercurist, Dodo Breeder, Gypsy Flogger, Dungeon Lunatic, Egg Candler, Town Shrieker, Glass Eyeball Blower, Laundry Hurler, Powder Monkey, Receiver of Stolen Goods, Huber Scruff, Caltrop Scatterer, Bugger Bagger, Lord Aleepin, Chicken Sexer, Chamber Pot Smelter, Horse Murderer, Female Hysteria Digitary Manipulator, and so many more. These fields are growing rapidly, and you must act now or miss the greatest opportunity of a lifetime. Magwitch Polytechnic College, for job security for decades to come. Okay, I, I love Magwitch Polytechnic College. <laughs> yeah. Horse murderer makes me laugh every time. I don't know <laughs> why, but I just I, <laughs> I love that line. Yeah, yeah, horse murderer is a good one, and uh, I know it gets uh, recurred and called back in a later show, too. Yeah, it does. Um, a few times. Uh, and now I think I, at my specific request, Yeah, because <laughs> I think we did horse murderer in, uh, in Playing the Ninth, too. Yeah, uh, our uh, I think our th- we're onto our third show now, which yeah. is uh, it's a Telltale Valentine Eddie Poe, and this is oh well, f- we should mention before we move on, Soylent Scrooge, I believe, uh, uh, w- weren't Trace and Frank doing the intros and outros in that one? And Carolina, and Carolina, yeah, yeah. So yeah Trace Frank and Carolina Hidalgo uh, were kind enough to do the intros and outros in Soylent Scrooge for us. I uh, told you we should write stuff down. Yeah, uh, no one believes I, you me. Know, I got this copy and paste thing that, I can uh, do, but no, uh, that's too big of a paragraph. And they, they, they ended up being in a couple of other of our shows uh, oh, that yeah. we will get to of course. Mm-hmm. as we move on. Uh, the next show was our Valentine's Day show. Yeah, it's a Telltale Valentine, Eddie Poe, so it was the first of our Eddie Poe shows. So yep. it was uh, that was sort of a mashup of Edgar Allan Poe, uh, the gothic horror writer, and Charlie Brown, which is originally an idea from Erica Rodriguez. Yeah. And uh, the script was written by Erica, Greg, and Ryan. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so they just kind of all put their heads together. It stars Greg as Eddie Poe, yep. the titular Eddie Poe, mm-hmm. um, and then also Tim Blaney is like yes. an Edgar Allan Poe, uh, the uh, adult Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, and he played. So he's basically uh, Charles Schultz. He played the Snoopy and Woodstock it. characters yeah. too. So this this led to one of my favorite moments of my life, which is where I am directing Johnny Five, the guy yeah. who played Johnny Five in the Short Circuit <laughs> movies. To like, okay. You're a dog. All you can do is bark, but you are angry because you were a contractor who built something, and the guy is asking why it doesn't work. Go. <laughs> and then he would, he would do a dog who was an angry contractor. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> At one point, Greg's like, you're a dog giving the Gettysburg Address, and he did it. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Blaney is amazing. Um, and the whole show... Uh, it's got Ron as well. Ron McCartums. Okay. He's uh, Lionel. And we've got uh, Jamie Flowers Ashley comes back. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's Annabelle Lucy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're in there as Schrodinger. Yeah, um, I think Rebecca Heron was uh, Spearmint Sally. Yes, I believe so. And Kate, I believe, was Kate? Uh, Darlene. Kate was Darlene. And one of my favorites, uh, Greg's daughter, uh, was Sally. You know, mm-hmm. or not Sadie. Uh, Sadie. You know, basically Charlie Brown's little sister. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, Greg's daughter is, you know, very quiet and, and, you know, 
very funny, but just like she's not going to say anything unless she knows that it's going to bring the room down. Okay. She's she's she doesn't seek attention. And I had written Sadie as just like horrible. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, you know, I will cut a bitch if I have to, you know, <laughs> and she just brought it. I loved her Sadie. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so the universe was kind of like this 1970s yeah. sort of hyper realized 1970s. Right? Yes. It's kind of like Nixon's America. Yeah. It or... was, it was, it was sort of, it was a couple of removes because it was supposed to be the play itself was supposed to have originally been broadcast in 1963. And then this was 10 year, the 10 year anniversary of the yes. broadcast. Yeah. So the play is 60s, and then the commercials are all 70s. A lot of levels there, folks. A lot of levels. That's Um, the kind of quality we bring. um, And so one of the great uh, recurring commercial themes that was popular was this Snoobies restaurant, which was one of the first tie-ins where the commercials and the plays kind of blend together in the same universe. Uh, Because Snoobie, the the anthropomorphic Basset Hound character Mm -hmm. from Eddie Poe, kind of had this chain of themed restaurants, which sort of... I don't know if they're, they're racist a bit. Yeah, they're, they're they're based on very real chain like family dining establishments from the seventies that, that were really racist, at, folks. So. Well, because they all closed by yeah. the eighties because they were because <laughs> they were racist. You yeah. know, I mean, there I believe that there was a chain of like diners called Sambo's at one point. Oh. Believe it or not, so you know these are just these this uh, the idea was that this chain of because the idea of the commercials as a whole was it was 1973 and it was like people were first starting to realize that they needed to be racially sensitive. Yeah. But they were still really bad at it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So that was Snoobies is trying to do a new look mm-hmm. to like, you know, uh, you know, a Supreme Court case says we can't do this stuff anymore. <laughs> James does that great like yes. flat sort yeah. of. Uh, very, very Tombow Daddy. You yeah. Know? yeah. Like the, the guy who did the Motel 6. We'll leave mm-hmm. the light on for it. Yeah. yeah. And so James does these like three Snoobies commercials, and James I think we've Rowling. got a couple of them. In, in yeah, the they were of. very popular, so oh, yes. we made a couple of them. Ended up making the yeah, cut. Yeah, two of them. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my other favorites in here uh, was uh, when Ron does uh, Richard Nixon's erotic books. On yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's just hilarious, yes. um, and and definitely one of my favorite entries. And this is also the first appearance of Boolean Child, yes. yes, which is sort of this uh, character that Greg and Ron have sort of both thought of, yeah. uh, which is basically a Julian. Julia, Ch- Child. Julia Child's ripoff, yeah. except much louder and more obnoxious, and and oddly enough, apparently immortal because yeah. the rest yes. of these characters that are recurring characters, we have them be like ancestors or descendants. You know, it's always it's not always Baxter Butterworth. Sometimes it's you know somebody else Butterworth from two hundred years earlier. Yeah, you know, Prune Pongle is comes back, but he's not Phineas. He's Phineas's great great grandfather. Yeah. Boolean Childs is just always Boolean yep. Childs well, or, across or, 200 years. Well, she just keeps naming her daughters. Actually, <laughs> she, ends, actually she ends up in, in Plan the Ninth, so I guess yeah. 500 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> same person. <laughs> yeah. We didn't, yeah, so... So those are the commercials for Eddie Post. So yeah, I think we yeah. well, this was listen. also yeah. some of the first uh, ones that I had worked on myself, so I did the a series of the Scamo commercials uh, yes and here too Mr. Rudabiga face uh, the Scamo commercials <laughs> are great uh, yeah. one that didn't make the cut that will be on our long reel is National Guard Greg which <laughs> yes. I also really like yeah and Real Life Lori was really great real too life the Lori doll that too. died if you didn't take yeah. care of it that the was Scamo toys one. are great like I insisted on at least one Scamo commercial in uh, in our Plan latest on. play I believe you get it in there yeah, yeah. but uh, 
So we've got Scamo. This is Eddie Poe is the first Scamo, and I believe there's been a Scamo, at least one Scamo toys in every subsequent play. Mm. Not all of them. Not really? All of them. No. Um, but a lot of the period ones. Yes. There was. Wait, there might not have been. There's a Scamo none in Rabbots. Yeah, because it didn't fit shorts, and there's none in Blob. Yeah, but it's a recurring thing, and we like it. And a lot uh, when I've got to write. I know I insisted on one in the, in the Christmas play this year. So yes, right. insisted. Insisted, and he got one. So. I did get one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, all right. I don't know well, if uh, made it in or not. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, it did. It did actually. It's very yeah. popular. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, then we should uh, roll the tape, and these are, uh, I think, our top five commercials from uh, "It's a Telltale Valentine." Eddie Poe. You know, a telltale sign of a successful business is being able to change with the times, and Snoobies is no exception. The next time you polish off your finest set of dentures and shuffle into Snoobies, you will find a new place to call home. A new non-smoking section for four will be perfect the next time you wheel in that iron lung containing your cousin when he visits for that long weekend. It's conveniently located right next to our smoking and ultra-smoking sections. All of the booths have been reupholstered with authentic pleather for that grab-your-skin comfort. Starting this Friday is a senior early bird special, tuna casserole, vegetable of the day, and a tapioca salad for dessert. All available from the convenient hours of 3pm to 4.45pm. That's after your nap and before the 5 o'clock news. Also available is an egg platter with the bacon sideburns. You know, for the kids. So what are you waiting for? Grab your walker, call the bridge club, and enter a world of comfort and a low haze of nicotine goodness. I am Snoopy's president, Richard Usher, and we'll keep the coffee lukewarm for ya. Hey kids, it's an all new super fun toy from Scammo. The number one name in fun. It's Mr. Rutabaga Face. Mr. Rutabaga Face, I built you. Mr. Rutabaga Face, I built you. Yes, Mr. Rutabaga Face comes with an assortment of eyes, mouths, and noses so you can design your own funny Mr. Rutabaga Face. <laughs> I love you, Mr. Rutabaga Face. And now, parents. Mr. Rutabaga Face is more educational than ever with anatomically correct Mr. Rutabaga Face. Well, go on, Jimmy. How do you like the all-new anatomically correct Mr. Rutabaga Face? No, no, no. Jimmy, c- come on now. It's, it's just like that time you accidentally walked in on Daddy in the shower. Do you remember? Okay, okay, cut, cut. Mr. Rutabaga Face, I built you. Mr. Rutabaga Face, I built you. It's Mr. Rutabaga Face, only from Scamma. Are you tired of books on tape where the narrators put no emphasis into their delivery? So am I. I'm Richard Milhouse Nixon, here today to tell you about my new series of erotic books on tape. You may not think of me as an erotic person, but I keep Pat coming back for more. Now put away your articles of impeachment as I read to you from my new erotic novel, The Taming of the Screw. The intern entered the Oval Office wearing nothing but a steno pad and a smile. The president looked dashing, even if he was 40 pounds overweight. It's the 70s, what are you gonna do? He leaned forward, grabbing her firm buttocks as they entwined around each other like two lovers. As they fell forward on the desk, 
they accidentally deleted 18 and a half minutes of audio tape. And that's just one of our great titles. So if you like what you heard, give Richard Milhouse Nixon erotic books on tape a try. Available at Spiro Agnew Booksellers nationwide. We at Snoopy's Family Restaurant sure know how to keep up with the times. A focus group of middle-aged white marketing executives and bankruptcy judges told us what you, the young people, want. So here's our brand new all-star Snoopy's menu for 1973. We're not your great-great-grandfather's Snoopy's anymore. Now we are groovy hepcats and with it for the younger me generation. For the lovely feminist out there, we have our bra burner pancake double stack, topped with two maraschino cherries to make the little lady smile. For all the black power brothers out there, wait, am I, am I okay to say that? Oh, okay. For all the black power brothers out there, we have our raised fist hamsteak platter. It's a hamsteak cut into the shape of empowerment. You know, like those guys at the Mexico City Olympics. And for all the young hippies protesting out in front of our coffee shops, no hard feelings. Come inside and trade counterculture for counter service and eat our summer of lunch salad special. It's a salad made only with vegetables and nuts and no meats or jello because that's apparently a thing now. Peace, love, sock it to me. I am Snoopy's president Richard Usher and we'll keep the coffee lukewarm for ya. TV celebrity chef Boolean Charles here today to tell you about a brand new product for the busy lady around your home. That's right, it's new Boolean Charles Instant Cake Mix. All you have to do is add one egg and a spoon and stir, and 35 minutes later, you have a perfect batter that you can use to make. Um, literally any number of, of different confectionery treats. But don't take my word for it. Listen to my young lad here. What is this? Is this supposed to be a cupcake? Get out of here, child. You bother me. So the next time you're in the bakery aisle at your local green grocer, give Boolean Charles an instant cake mix a try. And bon appetit! All right. Ha ha ha. I love the Snoopy's commercials. I just, I love the Snoopy's commercials. Am I okay um, to say that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Am I okay to say that? Okay. <laughs> um, the next one was a, another total shift in period pieces, total right? Total shift. Because uh, it goes, we're going back all the way to what, uh, Victorian times? Elizabethan. Elizabethan. I'm not yes, good at this stuff. 1590s to 1600s. And this is... Uh, this is one that wasn't even supposed to be one of our radio plays. I just wrote this because I thought it would be fun. <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's called the uh, the tragical history of Plan the Ninth. Yeah. Part we, the one and part the two. Yes. Well, in order to convert it into a radio play, uh, Greg worked up this sort of framework uh, because I wrote it as a stage play, and it's basically Plan Nine from Outer Space in Shakespearean iambic pentameter. You know, mm-hmm. everything's in verse, and they speak like. You know, in Elizabethan uh, expressions, you know, it's all Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I just, I mean, I literally like, uh, I watched Richard II one night, and then the next night I watched Plan 9 from Outer Space, and I thought, it's a damn shame that nobody's done a Shakespearean version of Plan 9 <laughs> from Outer Space. You and then to make I thought, it happen. I'm going to write that. So I spent the next three weeks writing iambic pentameter. 
So uh, how long did it take you to get into the rhythm of writing it? Uh, a little while, but the problem was that after I got into the rhythm of writing it, I started to hear everything in that. My thoughts were in it. <laughs> I couldn't get out of it. That's gross. Because uh, and you know it's got that da 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 da. You know it's like my thoughts were that iambic rhythm, and I'm like, damn it, <laughs> you know, stop. So it, it took me a little while to get into it naturally. Mm-hmm. The first couple of days were really tough sledding. Every single line, I'm counting syllables and all of yeah. that. And then I got into it, and then it took me a couple of days to get out of it once I was done. Uh, but uh, that one was a fun play to put together because uh, uh, Dana Gould, yeah, we got you to know, Dana, Dana Gould, Gould. Yeah. played uh, Eros, the, the alien. Yeah, our friend Frank Dietz, this is the first show that Frank uh, yes. shows up mm-hmm. in, and basically he was like, you know who would love this, Dana, Dana Gould. Dana Gould, and let Frank me, and Dana are friends. Let me ask him, and Dana happened to luckily be, be in, in Denver, in Denver doing yeah. a stand-up show. And Dana was like, well, how could I say no to that? Because and we his favorite movie him. is yeah. Plan 9. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he came in here to the studio. He and gave us like three hours. I mean, he was, was great. really like, like, I mean... It would have been cool if he just showed up and done the lines, but he yeah. was—he really wanted to get it right. He's like, yeah. "No, there's a funnier way I can say that." Let's, you know, I mean, he really gave it his all, and he gave a great performance. Yeah. It's hysterical. There's a million people in that show. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Dana, um, Tim Blaney is back, and he mm-hmm. plays the the galactic ruler, mm-hmm. and it is amazing. Tim Blaney's voice work—you would never know that Edgar Allan Poe from Eddie Poe. And the Galactic Ruler from Plan the Ninth are the same guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he sounds exactly like Bunny Breckenridge. Mm-hmm. You would have thought that they we found a recording of the original actor doing Shakespearean verse. I wish verse. we had, though. <laughs> <laughs> Those tapes are lost to time. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was a it was great fun. It was. And we had the first original theme song. Yes. Yes. Uh, Storm. De Costanzo of Poland Storm wrote us an original theme song, which is just it's fantastic. Yeah. It's uh, it, I believe it opens up uh, the show, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, for part the one, yeah. and and so and of part course, two. I put it in part two. Too. Oh yeah, and I mean, he, we asked for a theme song, and he came back with a whole score. So there's <laughs> the theme song, and then there's all sorts of little music beds and loops that he gave us. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's actually a, 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 it is our first play with an original score. Yeah, we didn't have to cool. go find a bunch of, I mean, we still put a couple of of uh, other songs in there, like I needed monks chanting or something mm-hmm. at one point. Uh, but most of the music is Storm's music. It's you know so. And so the commercials had this uh um, Eli- it's Elizabethan. 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 Uh, yeah, a lot of very deep cuts about Elizabethan playwrights. Yeah, you know. yeah which you would have to know. Like playwright of Mania Wrestling mm-hmm. was one yeah, of those big yeah. ones. Yeah, Thomas Kidd shows up. Nobody knows who Thomas, Thomas the Kid. Kid. <laughs> I I love when James does that wrestling uh, playwright thing because my favorite is all the world's indeed a cage. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, um, and yeah. I, I remember us. Pretty, we pretty much sat in one room and and, and thought up most of these, mm-hmm. and, and, and several yeah. were. Yeah, I think we did that. Uh, was it over Thanksgiving it or something? Because we had a we had a, a, there was a no, maybe Easter. Was, there were a bunch of us prior. here. It was prior. It was some. It was just some hangout in March or so. Yeah, it was. Yeah, there, there a bunch of people yeah, were in we from were out of town, yeah. and and we just we sat around the studio and came up with a lot of these, mm-hmm. like minutes before we recorded yeah. them. And uh, this is a, Ian. He first started, uh, this is one of his first plays, yep. I think, that he contributed to. Mm-hmm. Well, he's in part, his is a featured in part the two, but Ian was oh. uh, definitely hanging out because he uh, helped us record a lot of the extra voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Voices. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Erica 
came up with a lot of these ideas yeah. for the commercial originally, like Pappas mm-hmm. Pyro, Burning Fuel, mm-hmm. and uh, Courtly Portly Knights Carrying Corpses. Yeah. Uh, all started out as, as Erica ideas, and I remember we just kind of started throwing ideas out and, mm-hmm. and brainstorming them, and they went nuts and crazy. And then uh, yeah. we've got uh, two of yours in the first one, uh, the first part, because this was this was this would have been three hours if we put it into... So yeah, we divided we, this into two parts over two weeks. Yeah. Uh, we did... Um, uh, so in this this part part one you had Scamos Plague Doctor playset which is another one of my yeah favorites. we just wanted to recur the Scamo, Scamo. thing yeah as if the company been around uh, five hundred years, years. <laughs> doing pretty good yeah and, well you know I mean there are the, the, that soy it. sauce company's been around like seven hundred years so. uh, Kikoman Kikoman yeah nice um, I'm a big fan of Kikoman so but. Uh, and then uh, Roanoke Colony Roanoke. Recruitment, which is another one of So the Roanoke Colony is, is a collaboration between me and Greg, and he he basically wanted to write a commercial where they were recruiting for, for, for the Roanoke, Roanoke Colony, yeah. which, yeah. if you don't know, is a colony in Virginia that just disappears. Yeah. Uh, no trace of anybody. Presumed killed by the Indians. Like 100 or so people just gone. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, one of those big mystery kind of things. And mm. Greg was like, well, this is something we should make jokes about. Um, and so he was like, yeah. you know, can you do anything? What, too just, soon? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he, he kind of handed the idea off to me with a little bit of uh, text that he had had. And uh, I ended up writing that weird sea shanty kind yes, of song. I love that. Uh, which uh, I had not heard for a while, so it was out of my head. But as soon as you hear it again, it got stuck in my it, head. Yeah, it is. It is an earworm. Yeah. Uh, which is hard. If you're tired of sitting around and, and going and broke. <laughs> and there's, there's, you know, there's lost uh, verse to this, too, oh, right. uh, uh, which I've always promised Dina. Yes. And it's, um, it was like graphically and disturbingly <laughs> sexual. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot wait. <laughs> no, it just it took too long to record. Yeah. But it was, um, I can't even remember it. Yeah, because, I mean, there are like three or four different, like, uh, tracks on that song, right? All you, you know? I mean, you're singing and then you're whistling or something. I'm definitely whistling under, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> So yeah, I mean that that wasn't just you singing a song. You had to go back in and, and you whistle and right. you know, provide yeah. your own musical. But I remember yeah. rhyming. I did additional rhymes like backstroke. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, take a boat chip or barge or just backstroke. Artichoke. Uh, there were a lot of different ones. So there, it could have gone on longer. Um, Greg's favorite was always poison oak. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's let's shut up and get on to the commercials. Uh, all right. All right. Roll the tape. So this are what our top uh, seven, six, six. These are our top six from uh, Plan the Ninth Part the One. Yeah. All right. Roll that tape. Burn the Catholic. Burn the Catholic. Messy. All I did was worship my God as I saw fit. Wicked Papist. Bind her to the stake for crimes against the English throne and the Church of England. Boo! Make a mortar of me and others shall follow, for I worship the one true church presided over by the Pope in Rome and his virtue. I, I say, why are there no flames? Zounds, I can't get this darn Catholic to burn. I think you used wet logs for the bonfire. It's never going to catch. Did you add any tinder? I, the smashed statues of saints, some reliquaries, even crucifix wood. Nothing works. Boo! Oh well, must be a sign from God. Time for some Christian clemency. Turn the other cheek and all. Right, good sirs? I know. Try Papist Pyro Burning Fuel. Wait, what? That's right. Don't let your martyrdom go up in smoke. 
Papist pyro burning fuel can put a spark in any ecclesiastic execution. Where is that voice coming from? It is the voice of God. Tired of Catholics not burning evenly? Perhaps you can't find a good source of flames for that Papist worshiping in secret. Look no further than Papist pyro burning fuel. Yes, it burns monks, nuns, whole families, even those pesky scholars who insist the earth revolves around the sun. What's that about anyway? Yes, Papist pyro burning fuel. Time to char a Catholic today. Also works on Jews and atheists. Hark, kids, ready for an all-new sort of dark toy from Scammo, the number one name in fun? It's Doc McNuffin's Plague Doctor playset. Doc McNuffin's Plague Doctor playset includes everything you need to cure your little brother of black death. <coughs> including this actual vial of black death. He's infected with fun. How do I play? First, put on Doc McNuffin's waxed fabric overcoat and creepy steampunk bird mask. This thing stinks! In order to protect you from the pestilence-laced air, the beak is packed with the strong smell of juniper berries, lavender, and Elizabeth Taylor's white diamonds. Now select the juiciest boobo on your brother's plague-ravaged body. Boobo, what a cute name! They're enormous blisters chucked full of blood and pus. <laughs> Next, lance the bulbous sore and drain the fluids into a nearby receptacle. <laughs> now mash the mixture of rose petals, crushed emeralds, and human feces into his open wounds. This is poo? I don't want to play anymore. Wait, Emily, don't forget to lash this plucked chicken to his festering lesions. <laughs> now, Billy, make sure you drink at least two glasses of your own urine before bedtime and you'll feel fit as a fiddle. Billy? Oh, he's dead. That's Doc McNuffin's Plague Doctor playset, only from Scammo. Good evening, friends. It's Hobbital Grimesby Prunepongle again, a disgraced gentleman barber surgeon. Upon Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth's extreme displeasure, upon rendering her royal favorite, Sir Francis Drake, simultaneously impotent and incontinent, with an anal bolus of batwing and nightshade, whilst Drake was... Vigorously, um, reading poetry to the Virgin Queen in her royal bedchamber, I now happen to be, uh, on holiday in the Tower of London. I find myself in the care of Maggie Clitheroe and her express laundry and witch-pressing service. After enthusiastic application of Iron Maiden, Thumbscrews, and Bastinado, I am being pressed alongside two shirts and a pair of pants. <laughs> And with my remaining fingers, I confess on paper that I am, in fact, a witch. Yes, not a simple man of medicine who lovingly squeezes vinegar into a colicky baby's eyes, or lances a grandmother's boobos with a heated hat pin, and rubs coughing rats into her nostrils to cure the black death. <laughs> Nay, I am a filthy consort of Satan. <laughs> However, weep not for me. The Queen has promised me a full royal pardon, if only I can stop Sir Francis from uncontrollably filling his breeches with night soil. As for the rest of the court, the people of quality dislike me for having risen so high from such a lowly family. The rest say I am the main cause of them suffering from the genital stews. <laughs>
I am hopeful that a poultice of mustard seed and bull spunk applied directly to Sir Francis's chin and beard will affect the relief desired. Every serious gentleman witch barber surgeon knows the seat of the man's fundament resides in his chin. I have been strongly encouraged to flee to the new colony of Roanoke, and I have great hopes that my life of cutting and snipping in the new world will be a bright one indeed. So until next time, remember my cautionary warning. Stuff a suppository in Drake's bum. Find yourself running from the royal runs. <coughs> I'm Harbottle Grimesby Prunepongle, limping off. <coughs> oh, oh, it hurts! Hello, ladies. I'm Badass Ben Johnson. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Because Sunday be the Lord's Day. Live at the Swan Theater, it's playwright a mania wrestling. Blackfriars and the Extreme Bard Federation present a ring full of furious, ink-stained wretches ready to roughhouse in the playhouse. In our opening bout, Thomas the Kid Kid will go measure for measure against Ravishing Robert Green in a nice soliloquy barbed wire brawl. Next, Macho Man Anthony Monday teams up with Stone Cold Francis Beaumont to face off with the Million Dollar Bard Edward DeVere and Ric Flair for some reason. And in our main event, the playwright media champion of the globe, Killer Kit Marlowe, will do battle with the upstart crow, Billy Shakes, in an all the world's indeed a cage match. The crowd goes wild at our inexplicable dumb shows and noises our rude and mechanical strut and fret upon the stage in tight, form-fitting hosiery. Arrive early for the bear baiting exhibition for the kiddies. Oh, brave new world with such action in it. So come experience the all-night mayhem of Playwright-a-mania wrestling. It'll be a midsummer night scream. If you're tired of sitting round and going broke, why not make a fresh start at Roanoke? It's a Sir Walter Riley masterstroke. It's a brand new colony of merry blokes. Attention all able-bodied men and sturdy women of breeding stock. If you are a farmer, blacksmith, soldier, gentleman barber surgeon, mason, apothecary, witch presser, huber scruff, or general tradesman, then join us today at the brand new Roanoke Colony, where all your dreams will come true. Roanoke is poised for growth and prosperity, as sure as the friendly locals will welcome us with open arms. Wealth, health, and a bright, bright, very bright future await anyone who signs up for this colonial expedition to the new world. If you're interested in the adventure of a lifetime, just carve Croatoan on a fence post near you to receive a 15% discount on passage to beautiful Roanoke Colony. Why not make a fresh start at Roanoke? You'll meet so many friendly native folk. Give you all the tobacco you can smoke. Just don't get it mixed up with poison oak. Roanoke, where all your troubles will vanish mysteriously without a trace, never to be heard from again. It's a Sir Walter Riley masterstroke. Why not make a fresh start at Roanoke? All right. Thank you, pre-recorded tape. Uh, yeah. And that was uh, Plan the Ninth, Part the One. Yeah. And, and in Keeping Universe, then we followed up with Plan the Ninth, Part the, part two, the two, the very next week. Um, and instead of, you know, in Part the One, they, we had Prune Pongle mm-hmm. kind of as the recurring character. And in this yeah. one, we have Boolean Childs that, yep. that repeats as the recurring character. Yes. Uh, three times. Um, 
and I know this is where Ian uh, contributes one of his uh, earliest commercials. He had like Malcolm McDuff, the barrister in Tragedy of Law, yeah. Uh, which he just kept mentioning uh, that play you're not allowed to mention. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, a bunch of his recording went missing. Yes. He was supposed yes. to be in his own commercial and I think a lot of the time you had to re-record it because yeah somebody I think somebody re-records him because uh, the the somebody mentioned the Scottish play yeah which uh, Which if you're if you're not an actor and don't know the legend go ahead and google the Scottish play I'm sure people will tell you yeah but don't mention it Um, and I remember uh, I can't remember I think it was Greg who came up with the idea for the Scots guard aerosol Aerosol militia Greg or James I I think it might have been Greg but I know James and everybody in the room kind of worked on that one Uh, and that one features uh, uh, Jamie Flowers Ashley Mm -hmm. as As uh, Queen Elizabeth Queen Elizabeth (laughs) and she's hilarious (laughs) fetch the royal Scots god Um, and I remember uh, we came up with Bachelor King as well where Mm -hmm. Ron is doing that sort of great game show host yeah, voice Henry the Eighth, and Dina <laughs> is two different girls named uh, I don't Catherine know, Catherine, Catherine. <laughs> yeah. both get their heads cut off yeah what <laughs> was um, the way to go yeah well yeah. he had did he have two wives named Catherine or a wife and a mistress named Catherine I think two potential two. wives well, uh, he was married to Catherine of Aragon wasn't he I don't know. I'm not the guy's historian. I'm pretty sure he was married to Catherine of Aragon. There was Catherine Parr, and there was another Catherine. Just there definitely was Catherine I had a thing Parr. for Catherines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was why we made the joke, I think. But, yeah. uh, uh, also, uh, the Denmark the Hotel. Denmark Let's not Hotel. forget about that one. Yeah, which well... Was, it's much funnier if you know Hamlet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it helps. Well, it's a great spot if you know Hamlet, and also if you know the Dino yeah. Hotel. So Jingle, whatever yeah. the uh, Venn diagram of people who know Hamlet and, and the, know the Dino, Dino Hotel, Hotel, Hotel Jingle, Jingle. That, really would like... That Venn diagram that is just me. us and Kevin Murphy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, that's it. So, so like seven. Uh, and I just want to, to do a, a, a parody of the yeah. Dino Hotel I Jingle. I love that, because, I mean, Hamlet is my favorite. Yeah. Mind piece you. of literature or play or anything. And that one yeah. I completely I forgot it. about till we start going back through. And mm-hmm. just the 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 amount of like little in jokes to Hamlet you got mm-hmm. into that play yeah. Yeah. are great. You know, like you know, the armored curtains were yeah. dropping and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. Um and I like uh that the Danish only serve Danishes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously. Uh and this also is one of my other favorites because it has Bucket of Awful. Oh uh, yes, Bucket uh, of Awful. <laughs> <laughs> which I don't know, Ryan was just sitting here in the studio. I watched him write. I know I tossed a couple of ideas in there. Yeah, I th- it just turned I think it, it, yeah, I mean it, it it ended up being sort of a, a collaboration, but I think I just started trying like not even you writing, said what I if i tried to, to sell, sell a bucket, bucket of, of awful, awful. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. and that was it what if i tried to sell a bucket of awful and i mean i think and the key to that is that the guy really is very aware that it's not very good yeah. <laughs> you know so he, he's really reticent about selling it he's sort of embarrassed to be there that was uh, uh definitely one of my favorites and another one that i forgot about till we went back and, and yeah i'd forgotten it. all about bucket of awful so uh, if we want to roll the tape, uh, this is our top six for Plan the Ninth, Part the Two. Roll the tape. Nobody asked you to say that. Damn it. Your Majesty, those ill-tempered Scots are brandishing their heinies outside the castle walls again. It looks like they're preparing to attack. Fetch the Royal Scots Guard. Fetch the Royal Scots Guard. Shh. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Scotsguard is the most trusted way to repel those skirt-wearing, caber-tossing, haggis-sucking Scottish scum from usurping your rightful throne. But don't take my word for it. Listen to this satisfied customer. Hello, commoners. This is Good Queen Bess. When my conniving cousin Mary of Scots conspired with those filthy French to overthrow me and install a Catholic in my place, I reached for Scotsguard. Packed full of good old Protestant military might, Scotsguard protects your stronghold from rebellious northern earls, assassination plots, and even papal persecution. Without Scotsguard, I could have never imprisoned that adulterous challenger to my throne and then later had her publicly executed. Also, it's perfect for waterproofing your ski pants. Thanks, Queenie, for that credible testimonial. So remember, when it's kill or be killed, trust Scotsguard, available wherever aerosol militias are sold. Good morrow! I'm celebrity scullery maid lady Boolean Childs, and I'm here to tell you about my new oh-so-convenient instant pie kits. If there's one thing we English do well, it's pies. So here's a little number I first whipped up at a banquet for Bess of Hardwick, a classic starry gazy pie created with your convenience in mind. Why, well, you'll be done with this pie kit in just 14 hours, not three days. Each handy-dandy pie kit arrives at your country estate via donkey cart, laden with fresh vegetables. The cart contains a lit fire and cauldron, small brick chimney, mechanical bellows, iron tongs, and pot grain. A sack of flour, a sack of onions, a small chicken coop with egg-laying hens, mortar and pestle, rolling pin, rasher of bacon, barrel of seawater filled with live pilchard sardines. Put your block in a hanging pot rack positively loaded with razor-sharp gutting knives. Simply take your wriggling and still alive pilchards and slice open their bellies and rip out the entrails. You might get a little bloody and fishy in this step. Give each sardine a good scraping to remove their scales, and with your butcher knife, chop off their heads! Be sure to save those fish heads for later. Then layer the fish and with breadcrumbs, and cover with eggs and bacon rashers, and chop off with a layer of thick, gooey English pie pastry. Garnish liberally with those fish heads. The fish heads pop out of the crust and will stare accusingly back at you while you eat. Bake till golden brown and et voila! Sorry, Gazy Pie. Why, you'll have a torn Balcock Eve to remember. We now have kits available in new flavors like live swan and baby rabbit. So order your instant pie kit today. This is Lady Boolean Child saying, dig in! Don't let a loved one suffer a terrible fate from producing the Scottish play. You know, the jinxed one with ghosts and witches and a bloody dagger. Hi, I'm Malcolm McDuff, barrister and tragedian at law. You should not have to suffer all the double, double toil and trouble associated with this unlucky play. If you can't lift the curse, then why not fill your purse? I've helped several theater troops get the full settlement they deserve. 
whether you're a prepubescent boy playing Lady M broke his leg, your actors accidentally killed each other for real during the onstage sword fight, or class riots resulted in your theater burning down. I will fight for you. When our set designer killed himself before opening night, I called Malcolm McDuff. I yelled, Oi, McDuff, across the lane. He got us a hundred thousand sovereigns. Then our leading man died in an instant pie kit donkey cart accident on the way home from the cast party. So I called McDuff again, and we got another hundred thousand. Finally, as the stage manager, I got goiters in me throat. So I threw a small pebble at McDuff's law office window. That got his attention. My assistant had to call all my cues for the rest of the run. But Malcolm McDuff still came through for me. By the pricking of my thumbs, don't let something wicked your way come. As sure as Burnham Wood moves up the Dunsinane Hill, call me now at my law offices located at 555 Macbeth Lane, and you'll get the money you did. <laughs> The next time you travel to Denmark And you need a place to stay with your friend Mark Stay with ghostly kings who died And want revenge for regicide At the Denmark Hotel Hello, has your father recently died under mysterious circumstances And also he was a king? Or maybe you're planning a romantic honeymoon getaway with a certain sexy sister-in-law of yours? <laughs> then stay at the Denmark Hotel and discover what it means to be or not to be pampered. All of our rooms include spectral manifestations of your recently deceased loved ones, ready to dole out advice or simply demand vengeance from beyond the grave. Our wine cellar is restocked monthly with mostly poison-free vintages, and we have recently installed chain mail in all of the curtains and drapes for your eavesdropping pleasure. Every morning we serve a complimentary breakfast, but of course we only have Danish. <laughs> That's just a little joke we like to make, but seriously, we only have Danish. So if you're looking for the getaway of a lifetime and you're not Norwegian, come stay at the Denmark Hotel. <laughs> Something is convenient in the state of Denmark. Stay with ghostly kings who died and want revenge for regicide at the Denmark Hotel. Shriek, scream, howl! Bum. Uh, uh, hi everybody, uh, Walter the Mucker here, and I'm having a, a blowout sale. If you hurry in now, you can get this genuine bucket of awful. It's it's not very good awful. I'm sorry about that. Uh, but th but there's uh, there's there's some stuff in here you might be able to use. Uh, let's take a look here. Okay, we've got uh, got some frog intestines. We 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 got a sheep lung. It's uh it's an old sheep lung. It's pretty dry. Probably not good for anything, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget the sheep lung. Uh, we got a we got a cow uterus that's pretty fresh. Um, a, a whole left arm. That's not bad. Uh, we got the jawbone of a murderer. He's he's not one of the good murderers. Sorry. He's actually just a horse murderer. 
but but he was a murderer technically, so if you got, uh, I don't know, some, some spells to cast, this will probably work for you. Uh, I'll sell you the whole bucket for, uh, oh God, what do you think's fair? Uh, a pittance? Is, is that an actual uh, unit of currency? Uh, hell, who am I kidding? Uh, half a pittance. And, and tell you what, come on down and, and take this off my hands and I'll throw in a, a half-used tube of Montebank's authentic uh, tubular reptilian unguent. It's, uh, it's expired unguent. Uh, but, 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 but it doesn't taste metallic, so it hasn't turned yet. Uh, probably good for, oh, another month or so. So, so, so come on down to Walter the Muckers. Where quality is our watchword. It is? Is that our watchword now? This week on the all-new season finale of The Bachelor King. King Henry VIII, only two wives remain of the original six. You can only choose one to be your next queen. The other will be eliminated and beheaded like the other four contestants. To whom will you give the Tudor Rose, sire? Catherine Howard or Catherine Parr? It's been a hard choice, but I have decided. I choose you, Catherine. Which one? Me or her? Catherine. We're both named Catherine. Uh, the, uh, the, the pale one. We're both pale! You have to choose one, sire. But will it be the rose without a thorn? Or will it be par for the course? Uh, Catherine! Ah, that's me, that's me! Hey, wait! Sorry, Catherine. It looks like you are now an ex-wife. Or should I say, ex-wife. Oh, your majesty, you've made me the happiest woman in the world. Yes, my dear. Behead her, too. Wait, no! Be sure to join us as we host another batch of six hapless women for next season's The Bachelor King. And that was uh, the best of commercials for Plan the Ninth. Uh, the Tragical History of Plan the Ninth, Part of the Two. It's your own title. You <laughs> yeah. should know it. Um, and uh, that's going to wrap it up for part one of our commercial retrospectacular. Uh, next week, we will be back with part two when we go from Elizabethan tragedy to hard sci fi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was our very next play. It was a. Uh, I mean, it's a stretch. Yeah, you can't say we don't swing for the fences as yeah. far as genre. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, we 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 try to stretch our legs. Yeah. So uh, make sure to tune in next week uh, for part two of the of a clip show. So yeah. yes, <laughs> <laughs> even more of the same. Yes. So uh, uh, bye then. I'll see you next week. Bye. bye. Oi! Is your chimney choked to the brim with soot? Is your flu gummed up to the wazoo with goop, gunk, and grime? Well, good, cause that's why God put old Gamfield on this green earth he did to blow out chimneys as clean as a whistle. I use only the choicest orphans as my climbing boys, steadfast from personal trauma and whipped thrice daily to instill a hearty constitution. There is no limit to the number of young boys I will sacrifice to ensure your chimney is free of debris. I promise to bombard that clog with orphan corpse after orphan corpse after orphan corpse, each more cherubic than the last, until that soot don't know what hit it. 
I shall rend the congestion asunder with the sheer weight of the dead. Or my name ain't good old Gamfield, eh? That's Gamfield's chimney sweeps. Mention this advertisement and receive free orphan corpse removal during your next inspection.